Are you ready to become awesomer? Hello, everyone. My name is Umar Hamid. I'm your host on the No Limit Selling Podcast, where industry leaders share their tips, strategy, and advice on how you can become better, stronger, faster. Just before we get started, I've got a question for you. Do you have a negative voice inside your head? We all do, right? I'm going to help you remove that voice in under 30 days guaranteed. Not only remove it, but transform it. So instead of the voice that sabotages you, there's one that propels you to much higher levels of performance and success. There's a link in the show notes. Click on it to find out more. All right, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the No Limit Selling Podcast. And today we have a Toronto... No, oh my God, I'm living in Toronto now, not Baltimore. We have a Baltimore boy with us. Steve Pippich, welcome to the program. Thank you so much. You know, it's crazy when you're like uh, moving around. I sold my house and I've been homeless and traveling for 17 months. And I was like, where am I? <laughs> right. That's, that's funny. Brilliant. So how long have you been in real estate? Uh, so I got my license in 2014, started selling in 2015. Nice. And so tell me about your first transaction. Was okay. it a listing or was it like helping well, the buyer find a home? Yeah. So I got my license in 2014, in January 2014. Mm-hmm the entire year to learn the business. Didn't tell one person besides my wife and my, my immediate family that I was in real estate or wanted to get into real estate, right? In my mind, I wanted to know everything about the business before I told somebody and worked them and helped them out with their biggest purchase or biggest sale of their uh, the nice. time. So I, I made my first sale uh, when I started advertising myself the end of 2014. First sale in March of 2015, it was a guy that I went to high school with. Uh, he became an investor. And I knew that he was in the business and I reached out to him, I guess, a few months prior to the transaction happening, uh, a handwritten note card, letting him know that I was in the business, right. uh, getting into the business. And if I can support any way of buying, selling, investing in real estate, I'd be happy to help. Um, he reached out to me about a, a probably a $75,000 townhome that he wanted to see. Um, and and I, I think it might have been on a holiday. And I stopped right. what I was doing and Ooh, went and showed Thank God. <laughs> That's right. Uh, he went up uh, not buying that property, but one soon after. Um, yeah, I made a small commission, but that was, you know. Proof uh, of concept. Without a doubt. Absolutely. Brilliant. And uh, so how many transactions did you, did you do last year? Uh, so last year, personally, uh, 140. Oh, bravo. And as a team, I know you have a 27-person team. How did the team do? Total number of transactions. Uh, last, last year we sold 365, uh, and the total volume is about 110 million. Nice. So that's kind of interesting. Uh, in my worldview, uh, if you have a, a sales team mm-hmm. in, in any industry, you've got the A players, you've got the B players, and the C players. C players struggle, and they probably always will. B players do a good job. And the A players walk on water. And oftentimes, uh, the A players could be doing 40% of the volume just with a, a two, three people there do 40% of all the volume. And here's mm-hmm. the thing that uh, I think kind of breaks my heart is half of the B players have the same skill set as the A players, but the mindset isn't there. Would you say that's a true statement or would you like to kind of change it in some way? No, I would agree with that. Um, and it depends. I mean, listen, what you put into it is what you get out, right? Yes. So the B players, I mean, very well, there's players on my team that you would consider B players potentially that are probably more skilled than I am in some ways in sales or selling real estate. Uh, for me, I, I just, um, 
I put my heart and soul into it and I care about what I do and I don't have a ceiling. Like I just, I care about every person I work with and I, I just say yes to everything. Um, so I would say that there is some truth to that. Um, you know, it, it's a matter of, again, you know, there's everyone to have a, a life work balance, which is very tough to find in this industry, in this business. Um, I got into this and, and I still produce because it's what I enjoy doing. It's what I got into the business. You know, nice. Actually, as you progress and you start selling real estate at a high level, you're to become a mentor or a leader and not sell any real estate, you know, but what if it's something I enjoy, you know, I'm still be involved in it. Yeah, um, as you shouldn't. I think that uh, keeps you grounded as well. And you have a pulse on what's going on as opposed to when you get disconnected, even though you're living it vicariously through your agents, sometimes you lose touch of that. So I think being grounded and doing what you love uh, makes a lot of sense. And you're also walking your talk. Uh, a dear friend of mine uh, ran this uh, headhunter company, and he's been in the was in the industry for thirty years. Had a great client roster, but every day he would prospect, and he wouldn't do it in his office. He'd come out to the bullpen and be on the phone, modeling the behavior he wanted everybody else in the company to do. It's like doesn't matter how successful you get, you need to prospect, and I do it every day, and uh, you should too. And I think that. Uh, you doing your uh, seeing clients, making it happen and being highly successful at it. It's probably very inspirational. Uh, it is. And I appreciate that. And granted, listen, I sold 140 homes last year, but I'm not showing every house as well. Yes. Every listing appointment I go on, uh, I have probably about 25% of my business is still investors or was investors in 2021. Um, different conversations, right? Not as emotional. It's more just numbers driven and, and uh, uh, down to the nuts and bolts. And I've leveraged in my team uh, for showings and I've had them work with my clients. So I'm not in the weeds as much, but it comes down to negotiating uh, value or repairs. Uh, that's where I do get involved and kind of give right. them my guidance. I want them to say at the end of the transaction, you know, how was Steve? How was I working with Steve? I want them to say he was great. It's fantastic. You know, he had a person that showed us the homes and she was lovely or he was lovely. And, you know, he communicated us the whole way through and he made sure we're taken care of. I want that. I don't want to hear. Yeah. I really did talk to him. But we had a good experience, which is okay, too. It's all okay. Um, yeah. And that's not, so here's the interesting part, uh, at least from my, my point of view. So when you're a leader of an organization, uh, there are going to be times for certain people or all people where uh, things get tough. Mm -hmm. And they need to leverage the confidence and the trust the leader has in the team and them because they don't have it themselves. And because that relationship is there, they get to do that. And right now, when you're dealing with clients, even though you're doing the handoff really quickly, they know and trust you. And because of that, they trust the person that's showing them the house. And they know if all else fails, you're just a phone call away. And that mm -hmm. just uh, is your job is to be that foundation that lets other people shine. That's right. And I like going back to the point you mentioned before about being in the bullpen. That's where my office is. I'm in the corner uh, in the middle of everybody. So I am in the weeds, I'm in the bullpen, uh, and there's times where, listen, if we have a lead that comes across and it's a, it's a uh, one that a person may not want based on price point or location, and if nobody wants that, then I'll raise my hand. Yeah. If I'm willing to do this and you're not, then that's something you know, that you should be aware of. Um, yeah. So uh, many moons ago in my early part of my career, uh, uh, we had to like clean the retail store. And had to clean the bathroom. And usually the junior person got to do that. And one day the junior person was saying, I don't want to do that. I don't think it's fair. And the boss stepped in and said, that's okay. I'll do it. 
And he just went sure. in and did it. And not without, you know, making anybody like, I'm going to shame you. It was just more like, a, he's doing it, I'm going to do it. And it was a really good life lesson. And it's, you know, you hear this cliche, you know, when you're the leader, you're also the janitor. And if you're a great leader, that's what you are. Because it's like, you know, hey, if it needs doing, I'm going to do it. And it's, uh, then you also get leaders like uh, the beatings will continue, continue until the uh, morale improves kind of people too, which I wouldn't want to work there at all. Sure. No, it's not. That's not the funnest environment. And going back to your point before, um, you mentioned about the team and leveraging them. Yeah, I want to grow through them, right? I mean, if I, I can grow my business and become this real estate mogul, uh, but I'd rather grow through my people, empower them, give them the experience. They're naturally going to have the credibility and validity once you know I have my clients work through them. And it's never this is my this is my assistant, this is my so and so, this is my sales partner, this is my teammate. You know, yeah, you never, never beneath me. Whenever somebody says, how is your company going? Or this is, you know, uh, you're a company. No, it's our, this is not yeah. about me. You know, I, I very much want to make this about us. Yes. I'm the one who kind of started this and you have to have a captain of the ship in some way. Um, but I don't want to be recognized and known as like, this is just my baby. No, this is something we've created together and built together. Uh, it's important so to me. What's kind of interesting is, you know, they've got all these pirate movies, army mateys. You'll walk the plank. And a lot of people don't realize that a lot of pirates, it was an elected office. Like the pirates all got together and said, okay, Steve's going to be our leader. And Steve, you better do a freaking good job. And you got command authority, but it could be taken away as well. And so it's very much, you know, how do I support the ship and everybody on it? And we are a profitable seagoing business. And I mm -hmm. think that's ultimately, you know, if you can, build a business that's built around us. It gives you the freedom to uh, step away and go take a long vacation or yeah. I'm going to open a new office that needs my attention. I know this, you guys got this. And I think the three things that a leader has to, to know really well and do really well is one, have a compelling kick-ass vision that allows people to go. That is worth fighting for. Build a culture where people know that everybody in the company has their back, the processes they can trust in, they can trust in the leader, and it's about us and not me. And the third thing is, how do we build long-term shareholder value? And it sounds like you're doing check, 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 all three of those things really well. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, um, I think culture is significant in our business and, and my team specifically. You know, I think that's kind of what created to what we have as a family type atmosphere and, and feeling. And I think that once you have that, everything else falls in place, right? There's the trust, there's the guidance, there's the uh, loyalty. Um, and yes, I'm very much of a visionary person uh, and I do nice. hire, I'm weak. You know, I hire integrators and um, ones that can actually do the work and execute on things that I may not be the best at. And I'm aware of where I'm weak, you know? Um, and I'm, I'm constantly being aware of the market and where it's going and what we need to do to pivot, um, you know, which is what we're constantly doing and doing currently. So uh, uh, without naming names, uh, who's one person on your team that you can clearly see that this person uh, could be fabulous? And how are you mentoring them to kind of get the skill set or the mindset to step into whatever that role is? And it might just be a more bolder agent or it could be you know, you could potentially be a partner. Uh, like, is there somebody right now that you're looking at and figuring uh, this is how I'm going to mentor them to 
help them achieve their potential? Yeah, I mean, so we, I as uh, I think two people on the team, but one is um, it's a friend of mine, and he is, uh, I would say, our lead agent on the team. Uh, he's been with me for about the longest anybody else has been, uh, which is when I created the team back in, let's say, 2018, just by hiring uh, my first uh, two admins. Yes. Uh, he was an agent, brand new agent in uh, middle of 2019. And uh, he very much is a cheerleader for the team, uh, celebrates the wins, um, and also stepped up as a mentor for some of our newer and, um, you know, uh, I guess, B-level agents. Yeah, yeah. nice. So he is committed to them and, and holds one-on-ones weekly. Um, and, and there for just sometimes just as a therapist, just to kind of soundboard with them and hear uh, where they are in their business and, and just, you know, again, be a friend and, and uh, um a cheerleader. So uh, he is someone that I, you know, culturally speaking, you know, represents our business very well uh, with integrity. Whenever there's a situation and it comes to where he is challenged with something and he'll explain to me, see, this is my mindset. This is my thoughts. This is what I did. I would never question his acts because he always operates with integrity every time. I love that. That's how I operate as well. Um, always doing the right thing. Never cutting corners, never doing something that is, um, looked at in a bad way. Uh, I, always, I would rather take a loss myself than someone else take a loss um, just because it salvages my reputation and, and my image. Um, yeah, it's, it's the most I'm important gonna... thing. So Steve, yeah. who out there in the landscape in Baltimore, DC, who's a team leader out there that you kind of go, yeah, they're doing a really great job and I'm going to steal some techniques. You know, that's the ultimate, you know, uh, way to honor someone is say, I, I love what they're doing. I want to do that too. So who's a mentor for you out there? Sure. I mean, I have a lot of mentors, you know, um, locally in our market. There's a few friends that I have that I'm close with that we, you know, mastermind, talk about. the. the like who, who are these guys and gals? Specifically, okay. So um, Amy Balzerzak, uh, mm-hmm. Michael Schiff. Close friends. Uh, India Whitlock. Uh, these are all people that I've at one point was in the same brokerage with. Uh, nice. Tina Bellow, Black cats uh, in the same brokerage with altogether, and people that I look up to still to this day, uh, regardless of transactions, regardless of, of volume, regardless of agent count, um, look up to each of these people. Um, yeah. So what's kind of interesting is this: like each one of those people, if they've got a secret on how to do this thing, and you ask them what's your secret, the first thing they're going to do is open up the book. Mm-hmm. How can I help you do this? And that's great leaders really step up. And they share openly because they realize that there's no such thing as a finite market. There is an unlimited market. And if you start getting that mindset of, oh, I got to hold this secret or I got to get this deal. And it's like it just changes your way of being. And it's like being generous and always learning is a great way to just uh, stay at the top of your game. It is. I mean, we collaborate and, and there's, you know, of course, you have your own tricks of the trade. You don't want to share everything. But a lot of us will share our, our you know, uh, what we do, you know, um, our structure, uh, workflow, you know, can't get into compensation models. But we talk about just about everything else uh, in some way of what that looks like for our team, uh, for retention, for recruiting, for growth within our team. Um and, and I'm amazed by each person too. Like nice. you know, I, I can't, uh, any specifically, I can't uh, wrap my mind around how she has the time to do what she does, but it's because she cares about her people. And I see the people on her team, how much they love her and respect her. And, uh, you know, she will get in the dirt 
in, in the weeds uh, to help someone out and let them grow. And it's about the people around you as well. Yeah. Um, just, just making sure you have the right people in the bus that will uh, make your business look as best as it can and, and, and take it in the right way. Um, it's all about the people. Absolutely. So Steve, right now, a lot of realtors uh, happen to be in Canada right now are like, oh my God, the market's changing. The interest rates are going up. Like one of the realtors in Canada I was talking to was that, you know, there's this tech guy, works for a tech company, earns a decent living, and he got this million dollar house and his mortgage payment is 2,500 bucks. And now it's going up to 4,500 bucks a month. Sure. Which is like, you know, a shock to the system, but there are still transactions happening. So what are three pieces of advice you'd give agents right now to not freak out and grow their business? Because there's opportunity now to grow your business. It doesn't have to implode unless you let it. So what are three pieces of advice you'd give them? Yeah, so this is this is my first time in a changing market. Right? Again, I've been nice. in the business for, for seven, eight years. Um, and, you know, from what I've been told is that, you know, if you had a team in the, the late 90s and you were a big team and booming, you kind of made it through that first initial housing crisis. If you're a team in the early 2000s, you probably didn't make it through 2008 market, right? Uh, and now teams that are post-2008 are, are what's around now. And they're experiencing this, this pain points and these, these, these challenges. Um, so what I would say, in my opinion, to um, an agent that was experiencing, you know, uh, the market change now, uh, one is that if you have an objection, educate them. If it's, hey, I, I don't know that this is the right time to buy because of rates, educate them on why it maybe is the right time to buy, right? Yes, rates are where they are. And of course, what they were a year, two years, three, three years ago, that was an abnormal market. And just kind of wipe that out of your brain. Uh, you know, you may get that point at some later time in life, in your career. It can happen in the next 10 years, yeah. You get a raise by doing nothing. Um, and so one is just educating your clients, uh, for whatever objections they have. If there is a need for a service, give them a resource. So it's about, hey, I don't have someone to get uh, financing or, hey, my credit score is low. Okay, here's a lender. Here's a credit repair company. Give them to someone, right? Uh, and three, I would just say continuously engage more in your business and your database than you ever have before. You know, in the past two years, three years, we were so much service in our business and not lead generating. You know, right. for me, it was just to come list me or come help me buy this, submit an offer for this. It was very much transactional. And I, that I, I knew in my mind, I'm going to work as hard as I can now because this is business that is coming to me and very easy. Uh, now we have to change our business structure, lead generating and engaging with our sphere, uh, whether it's through mailers, phone calls, client events, whatever it may be, just um, being in front of your clients as much as you can, because when this market does turn and who knows when it may or what may happen, um, you want to be lead generating. And if you continue that lead generation, like they say in Gary Keller's shift book, you will capture so much more business. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think our friend, uh, Michael Schiff, uh, cause they're like hunters, a lot of prospecting. They had a prospecting day where they wanted to do a thousand conversations that day. And they ended up doing a thousand conversations with their entire team. And the business that flowed in from that activity was just like freaking amazing. So uh, brilliant. It's words to live by. So Steve, a few last questions. Number one, what brings you joy in your professional life? Um, growth. You know, I'm always looking to continuously, you know, raise the bar. Um, so again, we, we are realizing what's changing in the market with um, commission compression, 
um, with, uh, you know, trying to keep as much dollar as we can for every transaction, mm-hmm. so different buckets. Um, so in that space, just realizing what's happening and, and just being a part of that in some way. Um, and, and growing the team organically, but with people that I like, respect, and want to work hard. Um, so that if anybody thinks of our team and they think of myself and my leaders, they think, man, like that's that's a good business. And if an offer comes across, like that is a company that we want to work with. Um, so just continuing the um, reputation in a positive light. Love that. Uh, what's one mind hack you'd like to share with the listeners? Something that would allow them to be more productive, happier, sexier? What's that one thing you want to um, share? Sure. And for transparency, we didn't prepare for any of this stuff. So this is all off the cuff. Um, so I, I would say that, you know, a lot of um, you have to time block and be purposeful with your calendar. Um, if you're signing your calendar, it doesn't exist. And I put everything in my calendar, everything. Um, and, and so for me, there's not a specific time where I do lead generate. There's not like a nine to 11 time where I'm lead generating only, right? I'm lead generating all day. Get up at six in the morning, go to bed at 10 p.m. at night. I'm lead generating the entire time. Yes, not on my phone or not on, uh, on the computer the entire uh, day, but I'm consistently always trying to um, build my database, um, add more people to there, make as many contacts as I have, as I can. So I would say, um, yeah, just lead generating all day. Just don't focus on one specific time period. Just always yeah. ask for business and, and uh, continuously add new people into your database, regardless of how big you are or in your business or how comfortable you are. Just continuously grow. The database is key. Uh, Steve, is there any question I should have asked you that I did not? Uh, there's a lot of questions you can ask me. Uh, but no, I mean, uh, I would say that this is a healthy conversation. You know, I would say where the market's going and where agents are, are doing is, is kind of important, you know. Uh, of getting into these different spaces um, in, in different buckets of different businesses. Um, I think it's important, you know, for, for us as agents to be uh, aware of. Brilliant. Steve, thanks so much for spending time with me today. Learned a lot. And we're going to make sure we get that uh, piece of advice for agents right now. Don't freak out. Focus and build your business. That's right. If you enjoyed this episode, please go to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. And if you're looking for more tools, go to my website at nolimitselling.com. I've got a free mind training course there that's going to teach you some insights from the world of neuro-linguistic programming, and that is the fastest way to get better results. 